He stood in the valley in the midst of all kinds of what once was, but was no more. The question in his mind, and even the question of his faith, stood out as he thought about that which was. Can it be again? Is it possible for something that has died, some of the dry bones of the valley, to be made to life again? See, Ezekiel had the kind of question that I think you and I need to answer in our own lives personally, in our lives about people in our church, in our life about a church, as we have coming back out of this idea of COVID and we're trying to get things going again and get everything working again. Some of it seems to have died down because we lost the enthusiasm over the, over the whole year of not being able to do things. Can we resurrect the joy? Can we resurrect the power, the hope that we have that things can be not only what they were, but much better than they were? by the power of the living God and the things that are going on? Can we see the demonstration of God's power in our own lives? Can we see it in the lives of people that we've been praying for that have grown cold spiritually and turned away from God and the church and the things? Is it possible that something can happen in their lives, that they can be brought back again to the newness and the hope that you and I have? Is there really a possibility of life coming from what appears to be dead, what appears to have been given up on and being a part of that? That's what I want us to look at today as we look at the familiar story that you'll find in Ezekiel chapter 37. We're going to read the first 10 verses. And as, we do, as I do that, I want to invite you to stand with me as we honor the reading of God's Word. And just listen to what's going on here. And then take a few moments with me as we kind of work our way through it. The scripture says, as we look at it, beginning in chapter, verse 1 of chapter 37. The hand of the Lord was upon me. And he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley, and it was full of bones. And he caused me to pass among them around about, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. And again he said to me, Prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, that you may come to life. I will put sinews on you, make flesh grow back on you, over you with skin, and put breath in, that, in you, that you may come alive, and you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, sinews were on them, and flesh grew, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they come to life. And so I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came unto them, and they came to life and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Would you pray with me? Father, this morning, as we think about these verses and, and the time that you had in this vision, this work with Ezekiel, I pray that you would give us a, an awareness and a faith, a genuine belief that no matter what condition we may find ourselves in spiritually, no matter what condition we may feel about what's going on and has gone on and when it looks like hope has been lost maybe and we wonder if things can ever be all that they were before, when we look at people that we're concerned about and we pray for and we wonder, God, could they ever be reached again? Will they ever find themselves once more full of, of love for you and a desire to serve you and to know you? Can, can things which once were 
be what they were, but even more so, Father. I believe what we pray is not only can they be what they were, but can they be more? Can they be better? Can we find life where it seems to vanish? Can we see the reality and the power of the Spirit of the living God in our lives once again? And I pray this morning that you would just let us hear and understand that and, and know in our hearts that we can believe with everything within us that the answer to the question, can dry bones live again, is a great big yes. Absolutely they can. And I pray that in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. It's quite a question that Ezekiel is asked, can dry bones live again? And as he does, he, obviously it's a question of faith, something that we believe in. You'll remember the book of Hebrews reminds us in chapter 11 that faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the, the sight, the ability to see that which is not there before us. And then without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we need to understand that what we're talking about is a time in our own lives in which we're willing to express the faith in our God. What can he do? What is he willing to do in our lives, in the lives of those around us, in our church, as we think about it, and all that's going on? See, God is the one who initiates hope. He's the one that puts that dream in our mind. He's the one that puts that hope in our heart that begins to cause us to rethink. You know, is it possible? Could we really have more than what we have now? Could we really see things happen that we've prayed about and thought about? Maybe we've given up hope on. Maybe some of us have been praying for revival, not just for this church, but for our nation for years and years and years, and we've longed for it, and we hope, is it possible that we could have revival genuinely, or is that just a, a dream that we have because we're Christians and we think we ought to pray for that? Is it possible for those loved ones in our family that have turned away from God, or maybe they've never met God, maybe they're not even Christians, they, you've prayed for them, you've witnessed to them, you've shared with them, is it really possible that God could move into their lives and touch their hearts and bring them life and bring them the hope of eternal living with him in heaven and with you joined together as the family of God? Can God bring life from death? Obviously we know that's true. That's what we've just celebrated with Easter, the reality that God can bring life from death. He did it uh, while Jesus was on earth, he did it many times with people, but he himself rose from the dead and gave us the promise, you and I know, that God can bring life from death. He gives us that hope in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, our living hope that we know. So God puts that hope in our hearts. He puts that idea in our mind. Could God do something great? Is it possible that God could work in such a way that it would affect not only our lives, but it would affect the people around us, and they would see with new enthusiasm and new hope, God's not through yet. God's not finished yet. God hasn't just turned his back on everything and said, well, you know, y'all aren't worth anything. I give up on you. No, God's ready to do all that he's always been ready to do. He wants to do a lot of things. And so he puts that hope in us. He, he maybe for some of us, he begins to let us dream again. Our dreams faded. They went away. We, we lost our hopes and we're just going through the motions. We just do what we do because, well, that's what we're supposed to do but not because we really have a sense of the living dynamic of a holy God dwelling within us and the wonder of what it means for God himself to be in the very presence of our lives and to live there and to empower us to do and be. So God initiates that hope. And then God knows the answer to the question. You'll, you remember Ezekiel, he said, do you think these dry bones can believe again? Ezekiel wasn't really a very dumb person. He's, I don't know, but you know God. God, you're the one that knows the answer. Ezekiel understood that no religion had an answer. Ezekiel understood that no philosophy had an answer. Ezekiel knew that no man's wisdom had an answer because man's wisdom is but foolishness to God according to the scripture. He knew there was no other answer except what God would have. 
If you're going to look for the answer, if you're going to look for power, if you're going to look for life, you look at the person who is life, God himself. You look to him for the hope and what's going on, and you understand what's going on. And so he looks to him, he said, God, you know, you understand, you, you've got the principle of what's going to happen here, and God tells him to preach. Now, you need to get this in your mind. Use your imagination a moment. Ezekiel is in a big valley, and in this valley, there's just nothing but bones. That's all there are. And they're not in any particular order. They're just a valley full of bones. And the Scripture makes it very clear that they're dry bones. In other words, they've been there a while. They're not just recently dead. They're, they've been there for a long time. They're very dry bones. And God says, I want you to preach to them. Sometimes I feel that way myself. <laughs> uh, that, you know, I'm preaching to bones. But, you know, hey, hey, you do the best that you can and go from there and hope that the Lord is going to do something. You know, we're, maybe that's the question I need. Can dry bones live again? Uh, as we look at it, and God, gives, God tells him to begin preaching. And so what he does is he, he starts doing what God told him to do. He just starts preaching to bones. A valley full of bones. And he preaches. I really like to have the sermon he preached. It doesn't give us that sermon. It just says that's there. I'd like to have it because I'd really love to be able to try it out and see how it worked in real life today and things going on. But he began to preach the word of the living God. And as he preached, the Bible says, I don't know how long he preached. You know, uh, for today's people, if he went five minutes, it's probably a little too long. But for the dead bones, they weren't too concerned about time. They weren't overly, you know, it didn't bother them how long he preached. They weren't listening anyway. And so they went along. But some were in the process. The Bible says that he began to hear rattling. That something was going on. And as he continued to preach, as he looked out across this valley, surrounded by bones and all that he is, he almost as though the whole valley is beginning to shake. And he's in the midst of it. And, and everything's going on as he does this. And these bones are, are beginning good. And he keeps preaching. And as he does so, the bones not only begin to rattle, and he hears the sound of them, and he can almost feel them rattling around him as he sees it, but they begin to move. These bones begin to move in the different ways that they're going. There's toe bones looking for foot bones, and there's foot bones looking for ankle bones, and ankle bones are looking for shin bones, and shin bones are looking for thigh bones, and thigh bones are looking for hip bones, and hip bones are trying to get connected to back to the backbone, and to the neck bone, and the skulls, and the arms, and everything's trying to get together. And all these bones are moving and going in every direction as they look at it, all around him as he's preaching the word of God, and then suddenly the Bible says they stood up as a whole skeleton, once again, whole and complete, and so instead of just being a bunch of dry bones all around him now there's bones that look like skeletons that are fully completed together as they're all with one another standing a mighty army around him he keeps preaching and as he does not only are they bones but the sinews and the muscles and the flesh gets on them and so they look just like you and me they look just like people they've come back and they've covered it and standing there as human beings but the bible says that there's no breath in them and that's where we make a big mistake in so much of what you and I do. We, we satisfied when we, I mean, that's an amazing thing to watch bones come together. It's amazing things to see flesh put on them, and we get satisfied there. But that's all that religion can do. See, when we put our hope in religion, when we put our hope in philosophy, when we put our hope in the things that man offers us, the best that it can do is imitate life, but it doesn't have life. When we do the programs of the church and we do them in our strength and we do them in our hopes and our ideas, but we don't let God be a part of it, the best that we can do is the best that we can do. But when God gets a hold of it, it makes a difference in all that changes everything. And God told Ezekiel, 
prophesy to the winds. And let the breath of God come across these now who stand there. And he preached some more. And as he continued to preach, the breath of God blew in across that vast army of people. And they became, according to Scripture, a living army. Because God was in them. His breath had to come to them. It's just like in the beginning when God created man and he breathed into him the breath of life. God's breath came and it breathed into them and they became a mighty living army. Folks, that's what we're looking for. That's what you and I need today in our own lives. It's what you and I need in our lives of our families, our city, our nation. We need in our churches so badly across this land a coming to life again. A time in which we quit being satisfied with what we can do and decide to ask God to do what God can do. To ask God to breathe across us once again and to let the breath of the living God in through, in fill us and, and revive us and, and give us the ability and the strength and the hope and the faith to believe that God can do whatever God wants to do. He's not limited. He's not, he's not unable to do what He chooses to do except when you and I don't have the faith to believe in Him. When you and I don't have the faith to take on the task that He set before us and the things that are... Can God make a difference in this church? Absolutely. And that doesn't mean to say that aren't, there aren't good things going. Please do not hear that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that no matter where we are in the walk of our life, God can do better. Every one of us can grow. Every one of us can reach more of what God has before us. Every one of us can attain to greater heights than we've attained in the past because God is willing to do mighty things among us. That's what he said. You remember in Jeremiah 33.3, he says to us, Call upon me and I will show you great and mighty things that you've not known. Can you imagine what that would be like? If we were to call upon the God who can bring dry bones to life and say to him, Father, I want you to move in my life. I want you to take these old dry bones in my heart that I've grown cold, I've grown stale, I don't really believe in the mighty things of God anymore, I'm just going through the motions as a Christian because that's what I'm supposed to do. But I'd really like to come alive again, God. I'd really like to be so vibrant again in my faith to believe that you're the kind of God that can change me and do wonderful things through me and that to touch the people's lives. God, come alive in me again. Breathe upon me that power of the Spirit of the living God once more and allow me to live in the enthusiasm of, of what it means to be a victorious Christian. God, I've got people in my family, friends, people I work with that don't even know you. They're not Christians, God. They're dead but I believe the power of the living God who can breathe upon them the Holy Spirit that brings conviction and brings power to life could change them. And God, don't let me give up on them. Don't let me quit praying for them. Don't let me quit witnessing to them. Don't let me give up on them because your power can still make a difference. You can still bring life where there's death. And I believe that. Help us to do that. God, we've got programs in our church and we're trying to restart some programs and we're looking at how to do them, not only the way they were done, but maybe how to improve them, how to make them more than what they were before. How can we help be the very best that we can be as a church family? God, we need your breath to breathe across this family, this church family and across the ministries that we're doing and give us new insight. If there's something new we need to do, if there's some way to change what we've been doing, if there's some way just to, to give new life to, what we've, to the old, that's whatever it is, God, just... Breathe upon us. Breathe upon us that we might have life in the power of life. I can't imagine what it would have been like to have that vision that God gave Ezekiel and to do what he did to preach those bones and to see them come alive. 
But I do know that it was a prophecy of God to promise that that which was can be again. We don't have to lose it. You'll remember the book of Joel prophesies the fact that God is able to restore the years the locusts have eaten away. God can bring his work to life in any of us and in all of us if we're just willing to let him do that in our hearts, if we're just willing to let him breathe across our lives and, and breathe that faith, new, renewed faith in us and that renewed hope in us and, and that just genuine knowledge, God, you can do this. And I want to be a part of what you're doing. Wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it have been amazing to stand in that valley and watch that happen? That would have, I mean, have been unbelievable to see and understand and to watch what God can do well, folks, there's no more miraculous event than being able to see God bring life into a church. To be able to see God bring life into a lost person who doesn't know him, who's dead, and has no hope of ever bringing life until God breathes upon them and they receive that life willingly into their lives. There's no greater miracle that's ever been formed in all of history than the miracle of salvation. You can talk about blind people seeing and lame people walking and deaf people hearing, mute people speaking. You can talk about dead people being raised physically. And those are great and amazing, and I'd love to see any of it. But there's nothing that compares to a person who is dead in sin, living in darkness, without hope and without life, being brought to life by the power of the breath of the Holy Spirit in their lives and finding new life becoming a child of the living God and having life eternal. Greatest miracle on the face of the earth is what God does in a lost person when he brings them into life. It's made possible because of the power of life that God has, because he demonstrates that power to us in Christ's resurrection, because he demonstrates that power to us in the living Lord that you and I serve, the Holy Spirit dwelling within us, and that power that's there, we can see that. And so what we need to understand, I believe, as we move, keep moving forward as a church, as you keep trying to see where it is that God wants to do and how he wants to do that and how can we reach people who, who've turned, you know, it's easy to get out of the habit. No one just, normally no one just says, I'm through. We just get out of the habit. And it was really easy during this past year to get out of the habit because we couldn't come. And it's really hard to get back into the habit once you get out of the habit. Because you, get, you feel that habit with other things. You get busy doing other things that you didn't ha do before because you didn't have that time. But now you don't, it's hard to get back. How do we reach people who once were solid, faithful, good servants of the Lord in the ministry of this church and get them back? How do we reach new people? Maybe for some of us the question is not so much about that. How do I get my own enthusiasm, my own hope, my own dreams to come back to life again? How do I begin to believe the things that I need to believe about the Lord God and about what he wants to do in my life? See, every single one of you has a purpose in God's plan. Every single one of you matter in what God is wanting to do. That's why we're called a body. Every part matters. 
We need to be a part of that. We need to give ourselves, God, I want to be involved. I want to do things that need to be done. I, I want to help be the church in Quana, not just on Sunday morning or now on Sunday nights as well, but I want to be the church day in and day out. I want to let God live in me and through me to make a difference in what it is. How do we do that? Well, we surrender and say, God, breathe on me. Breathe on me. Let your spirit live in me and through me that I might be a witness, that I might be a hope, that I might be the answer to prayer for someone else in ministry and whatever it may be. God, just use me. Restore my dreams. Restore my hopes. Let me live again in the fullness of the power of the living God and all that's going on. Can dry bones live again? I'm here to tell you, absolutely. It's not even a question that we should even have to ask. As, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we should know beyond any question. God doesn't ask the question if he doesn't have the answer. And the answer is yes. Yes. Dry bones can live again. We can have a greater faith ourselves. God can do things in this church that maybe he's never done before. God can touch this city in a way that's not been touched and who can maybe before anyone can remember. God is not limited in his power. He's limited by his people. Not being willing to let the breath of God be blown across their lives, their hearts, their faith. Would you pray with me? Father, this morning, as we think together, as we have heard a story that we've heard who knows how many times about the dry bones and the vision of Ezekiel. Songs have been written, poems have been made, all kinds of things have happened because it's such a neat story and it has a lot of things to it. But Father, don't let us miss the wonder of what it is, that it was the breath of God that brought life. And Father, I pray right now that your breath might blow across this congregation in ways that we've never even experienced or seen before, and we might see the power of the living God demonstrated in all that we do together, in our worship, in our Bible study, in our men's group, in women's groups, in our youth groups, and in all the things that are happening, Father, as we look at the outreach and other things that are going on as a part of the church, in the music, Father, in, in the nursery, and all the things that are happening as we begin to come back to life again, as, even as it is spring and everything's bursting forth, Father, and budding and, and coming to great flowering and then fruition and all the things that are there. May that happen again in our own hearts. Breathe upon us, Father. Breathe upon us, I pray in Christ's name. Amen.